0: With your Amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears.
1: NFL Total Access the podcast is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.
0: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
5: Listening to Fox Sports Radio.
4: What up with your Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio? All right, here's what I want to do. Okay, we'll talk about the challenges that Urban Meyer in a second. Brock Heward's going to join us in 20 minutes. Plus, I got my my NFL and my college picks. Better than the NFL than in college, but we'll be good by the end of the weekend. Feeling really, really good about a couple of underdogs this weekend. Um buyer, uh Jay Stu, and Ramos. Okay, okay, we got a lot of things going on this this weekend in sports. If if we did from tonight until Monday night. Tonight until Monday night, is it safe to say the place the game we we would most like to watch in person and on TV or one of the same? It's it's Brady Belichick. Is that the game you would most want to see? I don't I don't actually know if that's the one I'd most want to see, but is that where your mind is? Let me start with you, Dan Beyer. Um Personally, no. I
6: what mean, would you I'm like just, to see? Um, I, the, the college football games, uh, Arkansas and Georgia, I think would be great. Ole Miss, yep. Alabama. I think yep. I just – I'm not as enthralled with Brady versus Belichick as as maybe a Patriots fan would be or as a Tom Brady fan would be. I feel like as part of this job, we understand the magnitude of of the game, but personally it is not as,
4: as big doesn't a Doesn't do it deal. for you. Yeah. Doesn't do it for you. Correct. I, I got it. I got it. Um, and it's fair. And the other part to it, which is I think interesting and, and, and absolutely fair to mention is it doesn't mean that much, mm-hmm. right? Like it's week four of a 17 week season. They're not in the same division, and I don't think anybody thought the Patriots were going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's just about level of competitiveness. The Buccaneers, while they're trying to win another Super Bowl, remember they're seven and five last year. So their performance is not necessarily indicative. They don't have to be great in order sure. to get to the playoffs. I don't and I don't want to be like the the anti guy the guy that always
6: does opposite. It's not what I'm trying to do. It's just I'm not I'm not invested in either team. I'm not. I I think it's neat. I remember when Peyton Manning went back to Indianapolis as a Bronco. So I remember that and I remember that what that was like, and so I will watch and I will watch with with interest. But personally, to me, it just doesn't register as much.
4: I thought Favre going back to Green Bay was a was a bigger thing. was a a bigger thing because of how, again, there's a way it ended poorly. But remember, he thought about retiring two different years. Then he did retire. They gave the job to Aaron Rodgers. And he's like, no, 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 I want it back. And they're like, yeah. Then he wanted to go to Vikings. They're like, we're not trading you to the Vikings. They sent him to the Jets. He has a good start. He gets hurt. There's obviously the other stuff with the text message or whatever. Then he ends up coming back to the Vikings. And they're really good. And they play in great playing your rival in division. Against one of your all-time greats, that's won a Super Bowl and a couple of three MVPs, like that felt different than this one does. Yes, and and just because of
6: how personal it seemed to have gotten between Favre and the Packers, and and even with Aaron Rodgers, and I would also say that the Patriots of where they are as a team right now is not uh, to that level. Where if the Patriots, let's just say that they didn't miss a beat, they had Brady's era parent up the speed because it just feels like with with Denver and and the Colts at least Andrew Luck was there in Indianapolis and I believe the Colts won that game on that Sunday night that I just because I think that the Buccaneers are, are just such a better team and that maybe the Patriots aren't to that level right now I also think takes a little bit away from it
4: um okay would you would baseball any of these baseball games intrigue you to the point where you're like I would rather watch them than football I agree with you on the college football it's going to be a great Uh, tomorrow yeah Cincy Notre Dame is an interesting game and it's like the fourth or fifth most interesting college football game even though Notre Dame's a home dog to Cincinnati and maybe it should be number
6: one honestly when considering and I just left that one off I was thinking of the of the SEC matchups as well yeah baseball would be interesting if it comes down to Sunday if it's you know if it's Boston and the the Mariners are are battling for that final spot. It would be interesting to It would be interesting to see that. However, for me personally, football uh, trumps all on Sunday.
4: Uh, okay, and then in terms of football games, this is a, this is a, here's another part of the question. Like, by the way, if you're driving on Sunday, you want to know everything that's gone on, gonna go on. Dan will be with you five Eastern, five Eastern. Uh, he has his his own show. I would make the case that while it's the most interesting in terms of storylines, story like not close to the most interesting in terms of games, Arizona and the Rams are, I think, at the same time. Like that's a that's a big the, one. Yeah, the Ravens, late window. Broncos, late window, Ravens, Broncos. And then I, I feel like the, I, I mean, this, I'll give away one of my picks earlier. Like I don't, the Packers, it feels like they're going to eviscerate the Steelers. Like right? those all four, the all, the other, two, at least two of the other games are more important games I think because a uh, Seahawks those are all in division games those are bigger than Puc- Buccaneers Patriots. yes
6: all all four of them and even the yeah, the demise of the Steelers who knows what if if they end up losing that game but yeah that late window is is great and you're right in the grand scheme of things Monday Night's game may be even bigger than Sunday Night's game with Raiders Chargers.
4: Uh, Ramos, where are you? If you, okay, let me, give me the one through five or so in terms of the most important sporting events. Your kid's not included over the weekend.
7: (laughs) You mean Lucas's Saturday, 11 a.m. game? Yes. Not included. Um, well, I agree with, I mean, as a Rams fan, uh, by the way, I think they're going to just annihilate the Cardinals. I think that's not even going to be a close game. So anyway, um, they love playing Kyler Murray. Uh, but I do, I do, I am intrigued by... Um, Brady's return to New England. I think that is an interesting. The game. I agree with you though. I've, I heard Dan Patrick say earlier, "Don't be shocked if that game is not even close." Like you know, like it's all the with the pomp and circumstance around the game, and then they just get blown out by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, um, but I am intrigued by it. I will watch that game just to see his emotions and how, and if him and Belichick like embrace maybe after the game or before the game. So that'll be interesting to me. Not interested in college football. That's never been my forte. So, um, But I will, you know, see what UCLA does and USC does. It's just in you know, LA teams. Baseball? Oh, of course. I mean, the Dodgers series this weekend against the Milwaukee Brewers and the Giants playing the Padres. I mean, I will definitely watch. Baseball would be How my number one choice. How
4: about that Fernando Tatis hit last night?
7: That was incredible. I mean— uh, you got to give it to the guy. He didn't even swing that hard. He literally like just took a regular swing, and then the ball well, just kept going. Obviously, he did swing hard. Well, I don't. but not in a baseball sense. Like, he just did a normal swing. It's like when you play golf, right? They always tell you the club is the one that drives the ball. You just make a nice swing, and at the club, you have a five iron or a three. That's what drives the ball. But he just swung, and the ball just went. It, it, it was a change-up from Gosling, and it just— It was incredible. He is so exceptionally great. And I can, as a Dodgers fan, I have no problem saying Buster Posey is awesome. I can't stand the Giants, but I respect Buster Posey. It's because of Buster Posey that the Giants are, to me, playing well this year. Because he was not there last year uh, during the strike – the strike-shortened season, the bubble season. Mm -hmm. And Buster Posey is a big difference to the Giants. He is their heart and soul. And with him back this year – uh, they've taken another another level. That's that's my opinion on the Giants and Buster Posey. I think they that's people a, don't John, give give John, him enough
4: credit. John Ramos with his baseball minute, <laughs> baseball five minutes. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. It's okay. I I I don't know if people don't give. I, I don't know the people. By the way, uh, the the crazy thing about Tatis is only 112 games and he's got all those home runs. Yeah, right? forty
7: two, I believe. Yeah, forty
4: two and 112. Is it? I don't know. How many games he have to 127 games he's played? So he'll play 129 games and he's going to hit probably in the 45 variety, 44 variety. That's crazy. But that ball, Jay did you see that ball get smoked last night? I'm still, I'm watching it again. It was 42nd home run. He went out of the stadium. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been watching Dodger games since the
5: seventies. I don't think I've ever seen one clear the the stadium like that. I, I've heard of balls doing that. But it's called the I've pavilion, se- right? Don't they call
4: that part the pavilion? Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. I've never seen a ball clear it. I mean that that's the first yes, time usually, I've ever witnessed it.
4: Usually there's the there's the um uh what do you call where the pitchers the, the bullpens. The bullpen's right. are in the corners there, right? And so the bullpen doesn't have the the overhang and I have I do believe I've seen a couple of balls go either into the bullpen or out of the bullpen. But that one went over the pavilion, and it's one of those. A lot of times, you're like, you see the foot, foot, and you're like, oh yeah, 450 foot home run. How do they know that? How do they measure that? It just it hits something in the upper deck or whatever. But it was on its way down. It might have only been you know 400 feet. That one was 467. Yes. But that's I mean, it's actually you could actually measure it. You got, because it it right. went and it landed somewhere in the park. I just imagine what if it if you know anything about Dodger Stadium. Um, so each level has its own entrance and exit, whatever. I just wonder if somebody's like walking out, like or walking in, like coming in late, like I got a ticket to the game. And <laughs> How was that?
7: <laughs> they actually talked to a young lady. Caught the ball in the in, out there in the field. It was her birthday. They talked to her after, uh, the, not the game, but after the ending was over. She was out there, you know, with her. I guess her mom, and she just happened to be out there drinking a beer. <laughs> Here comes Fernando Tatis's ball over the pavilion into her hands. So, yeah, you just never know where you're going to be. She was
4: out there drinking a beer.
7: Yeah, she had a she had a beer with her. They were at they were sitting at one of those um, like tables that you sit out the, out there outside of the pavilion, just drinking beer. And <laughs> a ball hits the top of the pavilion, and comes down and like right into her hands on her birthday too. Which is even why, why me-
4: wasn't she in the stadium?
7: I guess she was thirsty. I don't know.
4: <laughs> they sell beer in the States. <laughs> Granted, a lot more expensive beer. They have. They do,
5: huh? they, they've they've rebuilt that entire uh, section uh, beyond the pavilion to where yeah, it's actually like, like mm. family friendly and yeah. stuff. And I think people just go out there, watch the big screen,
7: and hang drink. out. Yeah. I haven't been to a Dodger game this season, but so.
4: Are you gonna go? Do you want? I- <laughs> we talked about this. The place is a thing. dump. I mean- <laughs> yeah, who wants to go there? That's just not so awesome. correct. It's such <laughs> awesome place. It's, it's a place. Joke. It, I know, no, I know it's, you're joking. Yeah. It's such an incredible place. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean that that, that I that's one of those of the of the balls I've sit. The only ball I've seen hit as hard and as far. Do you guys remember pool? Was it no, was it pool holes who hit one? Off of, uh, who's the guy who's the closer for the Phillies when they won it? Brad Lidge. Brad Lidge. Lidge. Remember Brad Lidge, I think, was a setup man in Houston? Yep. And he threw one to Pujols. And uh, the the story goes that Brad Ausmus the next day grabbed the microphone when the the Astros were taken off and said, uh, if you look to your right, you'll see the ball that Albert Albert Pujols hit. But Brad Lidge wasn't, he wasn't right for like two years after that ball. Go, go and look at, at Brad Lidge. Everybody thinks of him in Philadelphia. Remember, like, he went through, like, two years where he had the yips and was all over hanging one to Albert Pujols, who, I mean, he hit a ball. It, that ball was hit so hard. That's what that reminded me of. That's what reminded me of. When you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, I want to get to this. Last night, we in addition to that home run, we saw the Bengals come from 14-0 down to squeak one out at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's urban Meyer talking about the game.
1: It was devastating, heartbreaking. Usually I'm not wrong about stuff like that, that I, I just see a good team in there. I see good guys, good hearts. I see guys at work and I told him I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong about that stuff. And this team's going to win some games.
4: So I, we do overreact a little bit to how sullen he looked, how beaten, how downtrodden he looked over the loss. Um, i i then and, and you know he's forever going to have that label as a college guy and he's got to understand the NFL but l- let me just kind of explain what i i'm sure urban is figuring out is look when you you're at Ohio State okay so even if you play one big time non-conference games the other three you gotta really play poorly to let the other team in the game I mean, they don't have the same level of coaching. They have the same level of support. Forget about the same level of players. They don't have any of that. So you got three wins right there. And when you're in the Big Ten, yes, Penn State, Michigan, equally invested. But you have better players than, well, everybody in your league. And maybe on a year in which you have the same players at Penn State, you're also able to load up on your staff and pay guys more and get the best of the best of the best. Whereas in the NFL, you can kind of do that, but... It's hard in Jacksonville. Everything can be better than your opponent, which gives you an obvious advantage over your opponent in college football. And whereas in the NFL, especially in Jacksonville, that's almost never the case. So it becomes a lot harder where you start at and how to build. Maybe it becomes more rewarding, but it's also a good point out that just like players, you know, you're like, well, we got the number one pick. Well, guess what? So does Cincinnati. They had the previous year's number one overall pick. Just like everybody can play. Right? This is like the argument for why the best college football or basketball team would have no chance against the worst NBA or NFL team. Just like the, the argument's simple. On a college football team, you might have 10 guys that become NFL players, maybe even 20. On a 53-man roster in the NFL, do you know how many NFL players you have? 53. And in in the NFL, if you think you're a good coach, guess what? Everybody else is too. There's different levels of how good you are, but generally everybody can play and everybody's pretty well coached. And that's why the league's so competitive. And it's also so hard to get up from the mat as far knocked down as Jacksonville Jaguars are. Uh, by the way, Meyer seems pleased with with Trevor Lawrence's performance last night. Take a
1: listen. Yeah, I thought Trevor played really well. Obviously, his best game. Took care of the ball right. I don't. Was there a turnover? Did we have a turnover? No. Gosh. Right. He.
4: I mean, that, oh, that's the, yeah, that's the he... voice of a co- of a of a coach who knows. If we just don't turn it over, we give ourselves a chance. We didn't turn it over, and we still couldn't win. Beats you up. Beats you up you see this stat that Trevor Lawrence has now lost more games in the pros than he did in high school and college combined? That's wild. That's wild. All right, coming up next to the Doug Gottlieb Show, I got uh, five picks in college, five picks in pros. This next.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Brock Hewitt's going to join us momentarily. Okay. Brock, longtime NFL quarterback, college football, Fox uh, college football game analyst. <clears throat> we'll get his thoughts on a couple of my picks. Let's get after it. Let
5: he got five NFL. Five College. Five on three. One, two, three. Five. It's Five for Five with Doug
4: Godley. Let's go, five! Reminder, to check out the latest lines in the world of sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's go with Saturday game, college football games. Um, I got some bonus picks I'll give you later on for tonight's games, but... I'll give you my five college for the Saturday. Arkansas taking on Georgia. Hogs have beaten Texas, didn't they? Texas and Texas A&M. Now they got to travel to the Dogs. In Georgia are very good, but Georgia's a seventeen-point favorite. Seventeen-point favorite. It's like begging me, begging me to take Arkansas. You know what? You're gonna do? beg no more. I'll take Arkansas in the points. Give me Arkansas, but I get seventeen points. Um, did you guys see Texas play last week? Do you see what they did to Texas Tech? Now, Texas Tech's not great. All right? But the big difference is Casey Thompson, whose dad Charles was a great quarterback at Oklahoma, albeit an option quarterback. Casey Thompson is the quarterback now for Texas, and their offense has exploded. They are four-point favorites in Fort Worth against TCU. I want the Horns. I'm hooked on some horns. Give me a road favorite in Texas. Michigan's taking on Wisconsin. Now, a couple years ago, Michigan went in there undefeated and got stomped. Jim Leonard's defense understands John Harbaugh's, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh's offense. Um, Jim Harbaugh, they ain't throwing it this year. They're running it. This game is going to be short, short, short. Now, the over-under was 45 and a half. Now, it's 43 and a half. So, not crazy about going the under there. I do think that Michigan as a road dog is better than Wisconsin. We've seen Wisconsin play Penn State close to the fourth quarter and then lose it. We've seen them play Notre Dame close to the fourth quarter and then lose it. I think the same thing happens here. Give me Michigan on the road. Um, this one jumps out at me. USC's taking on Colorado. Right, USC... Obviously fired their coach after losing to Stanford. Then they go up and they molly-wump, uh Wazoo. Then they return home and they take on uh, Oregon State. When they played Oregon State, Keaton Slovis returned as starting quarterback. He threw three interceptions. Now they're taking on Colorado. Uh, Colorado's a team, kind of weird, obviously. Late coaching change. They just got stomped by Arizona State. Since nearly beating A&M, They've been blown out by Minnesota, blown out by Arizona State. But playing at home, playing in altitude, playing against a dysfunctional group like USC and getting points, seven and a half. I gotta tell you, I like Colorado. And my uh my last pick, Notre Dame taking on Cincinnati. I can't bet against Notre Dame as a home dog. I keep in mind that if this game was played at Cincinnati they would be five-point favorites against the Irish. Now, the Irish haven't been great offensively. They've been very good defensively in terms of takeaways. Um, I thought it was kind of cool this week, right, that uh, the quarterback for Cincinnati, his name's Desmond Ritter. Like, he came out and he's like, they ain't going to be loud for long. I've watched enough Notre Dame games to see them somehow escape with a victory, especially at home that they don't necessarily deserve. Home dog to Cincinnati, I'm going to take Notre Dame. And then I'll give you the bonus pick because it is the game uh, of the week With as Lane Kiffin goes to take on his former boss and one of his former bosses in a Nick Saban. Alabama taking on Ole Miss. How about the over-under this one is 79 and a half. Wow. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Alabama and the under. Those are my picks for college. Let's get to the pros. Um, This one seems, how about the bills are 17 point favorite against the Texans. 17 points. Uh, I like the Texans. I've never heard of a 17 point line in the national football league. That's for a reason. Texans getting 17 points. Seems like way too many. I actually, Davis mills is the whitest name in America, but He wasn't terrible in this first game. I'll take the Texans to keep it within two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, Cowboys are just better than the Panthers. They're four and a half point favorites. Give me the Cowboys. Just better. Panthers have been really good this year, but against inferior competition. Chiefs are taking on the Eagles. Eagles looked awful. Awful on Monday. Short week to prepare. Taking on the Chiefs, who just a lot of turnovers, but an explosive offense. And I do think it matters to Andy Reid. Chiefs win going away. Giving the Chiefs another another favorite. All right, got a, got uh, two more for you. Ravens Broncos is a pick'em in Denver. Now the Broncos are three and zero. Ravens are two and one. Lamar Jackson in practice the last two days. I, I don't think the Broncos def- the, the Ravens' defense is what it was. Remember, the Ravens should have lost to the Lions last week. Road-weary, playing outdoors, albeit in altitude. I like the Broncos to win. like the Broncos a pick them, so I'll, I'll take the Broncos. And the last one, um, I'm not touching Patriots-Broncos. I do think the Patriots keep it close. Packers are six-and-a-half-point favorite against the Steelers. I don't see it. I know they won week one against the Bills. I don't see it. I think this is a complete mismatch. This should have been the 17-point line. Give me the Packers and lay the points. So I have mostly favorites in the NFL. Broncos are a pick'em. Um, Packers are obviously a favorite. But I have the Texans as a dog. And I got Chiefs and Cowboys as favorites to win. In college, Arkansas, Texas, Michigan, Colorado, and Notre Dame. Those are the picks. Let's get to Dan Byrne.
5: Five on three. One, two, three. Five. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go, five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. I looked
4: at Seattle to beat San Francisco because I was so unimpressed with San Francisco this week. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, let's welcome in Brock Hewitt. He'll be calling the Oklahoma-K-State game, which you go back a couple years ago. Jalen Hurts was the quarterback. It was an unbelievable football game at the end. Uh, but but Jalen Hurts was a guy who, you know, he kind of fell out of favor at Alabama. Comes to Oklahoma by about mid-year, they, they kind of struggle with him, and they just uh, run it if you don't see it. But there was never what we saw last week. I've I've been doing this um, probably longer than you have, Brock. And I've it's not booing at home; it's mm-hmm. chanting the name of the backup quarterback uh, in college football, which is what happened in Norman. What, what yep. were your thoughts when you when you saw that on tape?
10: Well, welcome to today's College Football. Doug was one of my thoughts. And I've talked to different people this week in the media, different coaches. And I wonder, and, I, and I've asked the question, and actually I opened it up to some fans on, on a show I was hosting. And, and some of them were honest and said, yeah, in this new world we live in, Doug, of name, image, and likeness, and you're a spokesman, and you're getting paid, but right? you're no longer an amateur in people's eyes. And I think you're going to see more of this in time. That is the Spencer Rattlers and the Bryce Youngs and as other Sam Howells and Keaton Slovis in the market, you know, as they get deals and they get paid, I think some of that thought of, well, they're just kids. Oh, well, they're just amateurs. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll treat my pro players badly. I'll boo them. I'll get on them. They're, they're pros. They're making millions. And there was always a, a bit of a barrier with the college kids. And, and you even said kids, college kids. Well, I think now you're starting to see, it's just my feeling, my speculation, but uh, many agreed with me that I think in the days and the months and the years ahead, if these players indeed start to make significant monies, I think it gives fans the feeling like, hey, man, you're pro. Suck it up, Buttercup. Like, you, you want to get paid? You know, you're welcome to the big time and with paid payment comes expectations. And if you're not meeting them, I'm going to give you the business, which is what we see in many pro towns too.
4: You know, it. it, it I, 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 I actually tweeted as much last Saturday that this is what happens when you professionalize private, yep. you know, a co- a college sports. Yep. And I, I think that's one factor I I think. And you tell me if I'm wrong. I think people feel more empowered to speak their mind especially like your college kid, you've grown up in the social media age. You've been able to comment on something uh, for everybody to see your entire life, you know, your entire life. Um, and so I think that sports radio has been around their entire life. Um, debate shows on TV where you make outlandish statements has been around essentially their entire close to their entire lives or entire, uh, pre-adult and and adult live to teen, teen years. So I yep. think when you factor all of that in, um, and then Spencer Rattler has gotten some name, image, likeness deals, and then he is a guy who, because he's been um, out in front of the camera, he had the earrings last year and some of the swag. I I think that people think that means it's fair game. I don't. Right. I I think it's fair game to be. Um, uh, to be, to not, you don't have to love what your team's doing. I've just never heard them chant another kid's name. That that one I hadn't heard. All right, that said... Yeah, can
10: I can I just add one more thing to that? I'm yeah. looking at my board, board here in front of me. I'm sitting in, in the Little Apple, one of your favorite towns in America. I love Little Manhattan, Apple. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's also because Luke and Riley's 49 and 8. 49 and 8 single-digit losses. The bar is so extraordinarily high. The 23 points and 16 points were back-to-back, Doug, the lowest that Lincoln Riley has ever had offensively. And that 23 points against Nebraska was the lowest, followed by just, you know, last week's 16, the game-winning field goal. So the expectation level in the bar is set so extraordinarily high that unless you're spectacular, yeah, man, you're, you're going to hear it from the locals.
4: Uh, okay, Spencer Rattler, what's, what's, what's wrong?
10: Uh, not great up front. You know, they're just flat out not what they've been in the past. They miss Creed Humphrey badly, their four-year starter at center, who was their butt kicker and set the tone for everything. Bill Beatonboe is our O-line coach. He is still uh, an excellent O-line coach. But you have got, as I look at my board here, I've got a transfer from UCLA. I've got a transfer from Arizona. I've got a young freshman. I've got moving pieces up front, trying to gel together. I don't have training camp, Doug, like I used to have back in the day where we could pound on each other and create calluses. What's happening in Oklahoma, and Joe Clatt put together a great video at Fox Sports on this as well, but what happened in Oklahoma is what's happening in Clemson, what's happening in Ohio State, a number of these spots where you're, you're not as good up front. And that's half your offense. That, that's five guys. And they use a tight end and Stogner and, and, and eighth back. So sometimes that's, that's more than half of your team defined by what you're doing up front. They've struggled there. He has felt some of that. His eyes have gone a little bit to the rush at times, which is natural for young quarterbacks. Uh, Doug, he is still dangerous and lethal. And I would contend when he leaves the pocket, and he always leaves it to his right, um, you know, which, is, which is a habit he's got to change, but right now he largely leaves it to his right. And when he does, his throwing ability on the move, not in the pocket. There's, there's, there's game to work on. But his throwing on the move is as pure and as dynamic as anybody in college football. And I'd say maybe, maybe the strongest arm on the move in college football. So I'm in Lincoln Riley. If I'm him, I, I get him out of that chaos and pocket. I screen these guys. I play action these guys. I move these guys. And uh, they think they're close to a breakout game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they put a bunch of points on the board here tomorrow.
4: Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay. Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Mm. Uh, Irish didn't have respect last week from the folks in Vegas. They were an underdog. And um, second half, they take over against Wisconsin. Now they return home, take on Cincinnati. How did the Irish match up with the Bearcats?
10: Gosh, you know, the most intriguing of all of this, and I was uh, sitting in there today with Tarekko, and crew and meeting with their d coordinator marcus freeman who comes from cincinnati right. like to me that is going to be one of the most captivating storylines in that he knows that group inside and out uh you know he knows luke fickle the city coordinator for notre dame he knows that cincinnati program fickle the whole crew he knows every war he knows where everything tries to be hidden you know with, with personnel and scheme on both sides of the ball I think that's I think that's utterly fascinating. He's not tackling, he's not running, he's not hitting, he's not doing any of it. Although yeah, I think he still a pretty good guy, <laughs> and, he, and he may want to at times. But to me, that that's one of the most fascinating aspects of that's a pick'em. And what is the spread? I think since he's a point and a half, two, got two point favorites there. So yeah, and I know that is in South Bend, uh, and I know Jack Cohn's a little banged up, and we'll see what happens with that. I, I think that's going to be an incredible game. And, you know, I, I think there's three people tomorrow, Doug, whose lives could, could change forever. <laughs> Not to be too hyperbolic, but there's three. Sam Pittman in Arkansas, if he goes down and, and beats Georgia, yeah. everything that he's done, which has been awesome, he, he, he changes. Like, okay, you beat Texas, you beat Texas a and you beat Georgia, you're the real deal. Everybody loves him, big old dude, fits Arkansas. But his whole program changes if they go to Georgia and win. Uh, I think Luke Pickle, you go to Notre Dame and win this one, you create a possibility of a, of, for that playoff committee to have heartache and heartburn they've never had before. And you further solidify. Luke does, I think, exactly where he is. is Maybe one of the most wanted coaches in college football. And then lastly, Matt Corral. Matt Corral goes down to Tuscaloosa. He beats Alabama. You heard it from me first. Those are big ifs. But if he does... He will be a top ten pick, if not a top five pick in the draft.
4: Hmm. By the way, I like the Drew Pine. I thought came in and played really well for Notre Dame. I'll be interested to see he if, if they, how they how they use him because Cohen has, has not been nearly as as good throwing the football as as many would have would have hoped. Um,
10: yeah,
4: don't think I don't like the little apple now.
10: I know you like Little Apple. You I love me, like Little Big Apple. 12 I love you, Little Stillwater. Towns. I do. Yeah, you love Stillwater. Lubbock. I like Lubbock.
4: Little, I like yeah, the my Little daughter's Apple. We got
10: here on a little basketball visit, so it's kind of fun. We got, Is she? Get to, yeah, yeah. The Octagon of Doom. Have she gone
4: into the Octagon of Doom? They got the beautiful practice facility as well?
10: Yeah, we were there this morning. Pretty nice, man. Pretty nice. That's why this Big 12, like the resources, the facilities, and and I was even you know, chatting with their football coaches today about this, right, with all the upheaval and everything going on at the conference and where's it going forward. You come into these locales, and you know it because you've been in them lately, and you know it from when you played here, Doug, or you played in Stillwater, but when you traveled here, you know how much upgrade has been done in all of these places, man. The facilities are fantastic in Stillwater, fantastic in Manhattan, you know, fantastic all over this conference at Iowa State, And, um, you know, gives them an opportunity to compete
4: big time. Listen, I I get unfair credit for uh, naming Bramlage the Octagon of Doom. I did not name it the Octagon of Doom. (laughs) What happened was I went to the wrong – I think there's two Marriott's in town, right? Is it two Marriott's? I went to the Marriott right next to Ahern, which is the old arena, and I should have gone to the Marriott, which is kind of right when you pull into town. Anyway – when I was walking out, they're like, "You doing the game at the Octagon tomorrow?" I was like, "What?" They're like, "The Octagon of Dune." That's what we're calling it. I. They had a big win. Uh, Frank Martin was the head coach, and then I was on TV all the next bunch of weeks, and I called the Octagon of Dune. And then Fran Fashilla picked up on it, and it began, so I will get credit. But listen, while people give me credit, I don't have to buy meals in that town. So if you tell them you know me, <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. you Want
10: there. me to track down? Do you remember who exactly it was? No in Marriott.
4: No. No. <laughs> no I know okay. it was a college it was a college kid at the time. <laughs> college, who's probably right now on. probably now a senior citizen that's how we're getting uh safe travel safe travels back to Seattle good luck on the call and we'll talk to you soon
10: all right thanks Doug good to see You see man
4: all uh, right he's the best he's Brock Heward. how, how uh, much would you pay for a ticket to watch a high school football game between two of the best programs in the country someone paid a lot how much find out next
9: Rappaport's reality, the reality a of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. <laughs> out.
8: And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, Ooh, a, would have been, the been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: Oh, we got some news in the NBA. I know that Bayer wants to get to. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to it with the press.
5: The Press. stand
4: by. what do you got? You can lay it on me. What's happening in the NBA? Well, just uh, Brian Windhorst said that the, said the 76ers are not going to pay Ben Simmons if he doesn't show up, right? Yes. So Windhorst said it's a declaration of war by the Sixers not paying
6: him. Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you.
4: One, two, three, four, I declare thumb war. <laughs> Are there, you a good thumb warrer?
6: No, no, I'm not. I, one of my thumbs is, you know, I had surgery on, so it's already kind of damaged.
4: <laughs> so sounds like an excuse, doesn't it? <laughs>
6: yeah. Hey, I'm injured. Uh, playing hurt. Uh. All right, let's get to some news. I mentioned some fantasy football stuff you'll want to pass along. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are not going to play for the Titans against the Jets on Sunday. Could be an opportunity for the Jets to get win number one on the season. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is expected to play against Cleveland despite his injured ankle. And Lamar Jackson is going to go for the Ravens after practicing fully today. He should start at Denver. Mm. Any of those guys in your squads, Doug? Uh Lamar Jackson
4: is and Dalvin Cook
6: is. All right. So I'm good. Don't know how much of a workload that Cook will get, but you'd have to expect if he's going to play, he's going to get a decent amount of the well, workload. you don't play him and use him, he's not like a blocker. Correct. Right? Well, Give him the ball. There's also uh, uh, Alexander Madison, who had a good week uh, against Seattle last week. Could be there to spell.
4: Uh, Far too Cook. refined a name to be like a, a grinder football player. <laughs> Alexander <laughs> Madison. <laughs> Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski
6: officially listed as doubtful for Sunday night's game at New England reports earlier today said that he'd be a game time decision, but right now doubtful to face his former team.
4: Yeah, I mean, he took a big shot last week. It's not have heard this before, but Gronk's banged up, right? That, you know. Yeah, I won't stop you. It's uh,
6: Anthony Davis will play the first quarter of the Lakers preseason opener on Sunday. But LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Trevor Ariza will not play, according to head coach Frank Vogel.
4: Yeah, why would I, I can't believe there's a preseason game in two I know. days.
6: It's so awful. i am showered and I'm, I'm good now. So bad. Uh, CBSSports.com says the 2021 Maui Invitational will be moved from Hawaii to Las Vegas.
2: Similar.
4: Yeah, I I don't know if you do you know this. Do you know how many islands are in Hawaii? I thought there were five. Are there more? Yeah, there, there are. Um, there are technically five islands. I mean, I think there's actually more. Right. Smaller sure. Smaller ones, whatever. There. I think there's six major islands. Six. Six. Right. There's six. There, let me let me see if I get them. There's Oahu. One. There's Lanai. Two. There's Maui. Three. Kauai. Four. Or, or how do you know how you say it? Uh, there's uh, Molokai. Five. How many? And there's Hawaii. Six. But they they call Vegas the seventh island.
6: Okay, seven. I got to pay off this tease. Max Preps is reporting that two (laughs) tickets for tonight's modern day St. John Bosco High School game in Southern California sold for three hundred and fifty dollars each. On eBay, the LA Times reports that tickets right now in the secondary market have been going for around 50 to $150. About 2,000 uh, general admission tickets were sold on Monday. They sold out within four minutes.
4: Four minutes. It was crazy, yeah. it was crazy, crazy talented. Um, there was a big one last night, Los Alamitos beat uh corona del mar los alamitos has three kids going to oklahoma only public school i think in the country are three top 50 kids but this the saint john bosco modern day thing is crazy the, the amount of talent in both of those programs is crazy hey get out there and press that was the press john make the pick saint saint john bosco i'm kidding <laughs> kidding totally totally kidding all right, buyers got the pod that's out i have a new uh all ball pod that'll drop uh, in the morning with Dan... Oh, no, it's out there. Dan Dockich, it's out there. It's really, really good. Um, and then, of course, you got a great sports weekend starting tonight. I like Iowa on the road against Maryland. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2.
6: I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.